You should be the host here. I really love it, aren't you? We're both monster people, diehard monster people, and we want them to do well. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows monster rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot. Welcome along to episode 16 of the Red 78, the rugby channel's home of everything monster rugby. I'm Alan Quinlan, and alongside me, as always, is Neve Briggs. Neve, how are you? Um, disappointed. I think you were happy with Monster, but disappointed with Spurs on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, God. It's the hope that kills you. I think I'm used to it now as a Spurs fan. Um, yeah, desperately disappointing. A perfectly good goal disallowed by Harry Kane to Mayad, but um, made the better. I yeah, well, I got two out of two, so it was Liverpool. Um, Liverpool won before. Well, it was still going on while the Munster game was on, but the, we beat Crystal Palace anyway, so I, I was happy with that. As always, we want you to be involved. You can always tweet us at Rugby Channel 15 or either of us at our personal Twitters. That's a new thing we're allowing you to do. And leave a comment on the YouTube. Uh, on YouTube, We we have some thoughts here from the weekend, Neve, and let's see what you make of them. So some of those comments I sent out a tweet yesterday, just really, um, and we spoke about this in the last few weeks, just seeing what... I suppose there's been criticism that ex-players and people are mentioning them a little bit. Um, and I just I just wanted to see what the mood was in the camp from from people outside, from the fans. So put out a tweet yesterday asking what was people's take on the Munster Wasp performance and was the criticism over the top. So I'm going to read out some of these and you can react to them. So can't read out everyone. I have about 70 or 80 replies and it was viewed so many times and retweeted. So first one is from Mike Hennessy, totally unjustified criticism. Team cohesion badly disrupted by South African tour. It was said at the time that it could derail monstrous seasons. Yet when they struggled in the aftermath, no understanding, just a ridiculous narrative of a permanent existential crisis taking shape. Well, we did talk about the mitigation in South Africa. Um, so we'll talk about Well, I definitely did, Quid. I definitely did. Yeah, another one here from Mike Moriarty. The criticism was OTT, especially in light of the recent obstacles and inexperience by the same token. This is to be OTT to say singling, slinging the ball wide is now their identity. The truth lies somewhere in the middle. Uh, we then have one from Bath, from Will, West Country 85. If I may, from a Bath perspective, it looked encouraging, structure, good attacking instincts when it was on, an excellent defence. Was for poor though, and all of the above, though, is in the context of watching Bath. Munster actually has a, have a lot to be positive about. Uh, Marcus Lynch, criticism was definitely justified. They wouldn't have played as expansive as they did yesterday, but for the criticism, thought they played well. But do they ever play two good games in a row? Well, that's the challenge now from isn't it going forward. Alva uh, replied here justified she's saying the criticism is justified consistency isn't there was weren't at the races at all and puts a shiny veneer on an otherwise hit and miss attack well was were very good against Toulouse the week before um Neve Barron Marks Quinny I'm not Quinny. finished yet hold it hold it hold I'm not finished yet you can talk about all these in a minute the problem is there's no consistency in the performances and what makes it more frustrating is there. They're well capable of it, and it's all, it always reaps rewards when they play running rugby. They need to back themselves. That was from Neve Barron Marks. Um, then Declan Gleeson, I don't think it was justified. Yes, the game in sports ground wasn't a good performance, but when has the team gone there and performed like they're capable of doing? In my opinion, it's about peaking for the knockouts. Well, let's hope that Declan is right there. So there's a kind of a mixture there, Neve, of 
Uh, most people saying the criticism was a little bit OTT and some saying it wasn't, that it kind of papers over some cracks. Where do you lie in it? I, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle, uh, I think. We did mention, and, and you in particular, we have to give you credit, did say that they were trying, take out the Connacht game out of it, Ulster, Cass, um, there was signs that they were trying to expand their game a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think <clears throat> I'm actually delighted to see them um, have so much variety in their game against us the weekend um, in terms of being able to move that little point of contact. And it, it doesn't have to be edge to edge. It can just be away from a defender. Um, so it's great to see them running into space as opposed to into bodies. But look, I... Sport is so fickle, and you know this more than anyone, Quinny. Like, you know, you're either on top of the world or you're down in the doldrums, and there's very much a fine balance in it. And I think that for me, the first couple of games of the URC, I could kind of see what they were trying to do in terms of trying to move that little bit of point of contact, trying to get a little bit wider off the nine and ten channel. And then, obviously, the, the disruption in South Africa, which I just really think that we probably never fully understood the extent of the isolation, you know, the two weeks in South Africa, 10 days at home, it's a huge chunk. And then you're trying to give game time to as many people as you can over a very short space of time. I think the fact that Munster played well last weekend was on the back of consistency, almost in selection over the last couple of weeks. Um, And I think that that's really important. Um, So look, I think there are definitely parts of performances um, throughout the season that you know you you have to criticize because they haven't been good enough and they and they know that themselves. But I just think I think it was a little OTT at times and I just think that you know there is potential in this group. We saw parts of it the other day and and you know I just think that we should we should say that too if that makes any sense. Yeah I think it's probably the people who say it wasn't over the top uh, which seem to be a minority and we have to acknowledge that um, maybe some of them are blinded a little bit by their passion for Munster and I just think it's somewhere in the middle that the vast majority of people who 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 have spoken about it really believe that there's more in these players and that if they get to knockout stages of rugby that you have to be able to execute uh, take your opportunities that might be one or two chances in a game and finish, finish a try and, and make a huge difference and then I think there's a lot of desire, there's a lot of tenacity in the group and I've heard all along that they're very positive within themselves and there's a good team spirit. But, um, you know, we'll wait and see and we'll, we'll, this is the whole reason to this, to talk about it, not to be OTT in the criticism, but some of it I think has been justified because of what we've seen. I think it was interesting and uh, look, we have to acknowledge Jack O'Donoghue's 150 cap at the weekend, man of the match performance, um, he was fantastic. He was one of the players who didn't perform well in Connacht. Okay, and that happens everyone. It happened to me. I, I really delighted with his reaction. He's the youngest player to reach 150 caps at 27, so that's a great achievement for him. He did say in his post-match interview when he was asked about the criticism that um, people on the outside don't know what's going on in our group and... Um, the work we're putting in. There is no doubt that we're they're putting they're working hard and the d- desire is there. But there's loads of evidence to say that 
some of the attack hasn't been good enough. So, Yeah, I know, but you can flip that around too, Quinny. I think the big thing is, is that um, if you see opportunities or space and the execution isn't where it should be, well, for me as a coach, you're thinking, okay, you've seen the opportunity. That is the biggest part. You've seen the, the, the space and the execution we can work on. We can put ourselves under pressure in training this week to make sure that the next time we get into that, the, to that pocket of space that we execute. You know, and I think that they have, I think they back that. They back the fact that they're now starting to see the space, but the execution will come. I think against cast, they saw space, the execution wasn't there. I thought the weekend that the execution was way better. And like, for me... But, I, but, red- but Maeve, if I could say... The yeah. execution was better, but their mindset was different because I noticed a, a difference in when they were deep in their own half at times in that game on Saturday, on Sunday, rather than slow the thing down and try and you know, look for a box kick, they actually moved it away from the rock and guys ran with the ball and they tested the defence. And sometimes after two or three phases or a couple of attempts like that, you have to kick. But I think it was a different mindset it was more of a mindset to say, look, we have to change a little bit here and maybe we have to um, be a little bit more braver in our own half and try and test the opposition defence more because sometimes kicking it away is is a necessity. But I think there was a different approach. And just on the attack, um, we've said it along. It's not about going from wing to wing to wing. It's just trying to keep tempo in the game and move the ball a little bit. They did that excellently for Conor Murray's try. 21 phases. I know they got fortunate with Dan Robson's hand in at the end. But I just thought the play leading up to that, the aggressiveness, the enthusiasm, the shape, um, the lines of running, the carries were so much better. And that has probably come with a little bit of continuity, as you say. But I just think there was definitely a shift in they were going to go for this a little bit more. And they needed a performance. We said that last week, didn't we? They needed a performance. So um, it, it hasn't made them this outstanding team, but I think it's shown people and probably shown themselves that they can be so much better in, in their approach. Yeah, 100%. Big thing for me. And like I think it's what a lot of people went home happy with, you know, clock in the red, 80 minutes gone, and, and they get a penalty from Jack Donu and... Um, and they bang it down the line and we see a starter play that gets width, gets space um, off the top, Hodnett beat Casey um, Daly running a brilliant hard line, sits the inside defence down out to Chris Farrell again on another skip, half loop to Crowley and Zebos through a hole and, and it's that pace, that intensity, that ability to get to wit that has the crowd, I was there, they, they were loving it and the quick recycle to Buckley and then scandal over. I just thought that was a, a perfect snapshot of of the talents that Munster have and the ability to, to, to be able to execute at, at that high level. Simon Zebo being back in the team, he's played very little rugby this year. He does excite the crowd. Um, Munster's all-time leading European try scorer on, on Sunday, which is another great accolade for him, like Jack O'Donoghue. But it is nice to see that little bit of exuberance and excitement that Zebo brings as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And Genie Mack, he wasn't even near the ball at some stages and, play, and the, the supports were screaming his name and the chance of Zebo, Zebo are ringing out. Um, and I thought it was brilliant, to be fair. Look, 
that the who, who were the other standout performers the, for the, you? The meticulous, the meticulous part of me would love to see Zebo work a small bit harder in terms of getting on the ball a bit more. He's he's too good not to to be in on the ball all the time. I thought Jack Lundin, I thought Ben Healy was outstanding. And I know there was a lot of question marks in relation to the Crowley Healy axis and and who should play and and I think that he was excellent. He he controlled the game very very well. The little chip over for Zebo's first try, his ability to take the ball to the line, um, so. Yeah, I, th- I thought Omahani was really good again. Just like, he's having a brilliant, brilliant season and not many people are talking about him. Um, but I think that um, he continues to lead and to, to bring them on. And so, and, and Scannell, I think Rory Scannell, he's, he's so consistent and he never really plays poorly that people don't often speak about him. Um, but his ability to pass the ball on the game line offers Munster another... Playmaker at in in around that ten twelve. I agree. Time. I think he's been he's been underutilized as a battering the, ram for for and, a period of time. And the left foot, the left foot offers so much as well in terms of that small little dink or the ability to be able to see that space. So look, I, th- I thought it was a great performance by everybody. I think everybody contributed massively. So four from four, uh, no problems, all perfect, and they're into the round sixteen with a tough. Tough uh, two games with Exeter. I think I was watching Montpellier and Exeter on Sunday and hoping Exeter would win um, because I think that's going to be really difficult. They would have had sale, which would have been very tricky as well. But look, they're in the they're in the knockout stages. All four provinces are. So it was a really good weekend, even though you know Connacht, Connacht unfortunately didn't get to win the game. Um, but look, lots of positives there. I think they identified space and they attacked that space and. I think there was a, a desire and a drive and a hope that that would happen at the weekend. And uh, let's hope they can build on that. Yeah, completely. And I'm not sure Exeter are the side that won the Euros um, uh, European Championship a couple of years ago. I think that they're struggling a little bit for consistency this season. Um, and while they're you know, incredibly well coached and have a lot of very good players, I, I actually think that Munster um, can win that game, win that over two legs. So, Neil, we've decided to add a new segment to, to the podcast each, each week, particularly during the Six Nations. And uh, we're, go- we're calling it uh, Andy Farrell, Are You Watching? Um, from a Munster point of view, of course, um, Munster players that potentially could catch Andy Farrell's eye during the Six Nations and going forward, really. We're two years out from a World Cup and uh, less than two years to a World Cup. Um, and we're going to talk about maybe pick a player each week to see that... And I'm sure he is watching and will it'll be well highlighted. But this week, the first player we've decided to pick, and you're going to pick one next week, I just I, I've decided to pick Gavin Coombs. Um he didn't play the full game at the weekend. Um he got sin bins. That was for team offenses, really. Uh, but I just think there's something about this guy that he can take his game to another level. Um he's in the Six Nations squad. I know it's a very difficult back row for him to get into with with Caelan Doris, Jack Homer and Josh van der Fleer. Peter O'Mahony is ahead of him. Nick Timoney is there. Ty Byrne can play in the back row. There's lots of options. Um, but I just think he... it's This is probably more about potential. We didn't have a, an 80-minute performance of him being incredible at the weekend. But we saw glimpses of... And I saw glimpses of what he can do, particularly in the last couple of weeks. And the potential this guy has, if he works on a few things and we'll talk about them um, he's a try scoring machine you know he scored 15 tries last season 
Uh, got player of the year, youngest player of the year ever for Munster. Uh, he got uh, young player of the year with Rugby Players Ireland in 2021 as well. So played a lot for the under 20s. He's two international caps now, made his debut against Japan last summer and started against USA. But there's certain things I see in him that make me believe he can have a real impact at international level. What's your take on him? He 27 carries against Ulster and I just thought that was a game that they all needed to respond to to get a great win. And I just think maybe at times he drifts out of the game a little bit, but when he gets the ball and when he's involved, he's so effective. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I agree. I think he's absolutely um, got so much potential. Um, And the exciting thing about it is, I think, is that there's still so much development in him. I think, obviously, we spoke about his ball-carrying abilities. And like that try the other day, like the power and the speed that he came off the base of the scrum. And um, I was chatting to a couple of lads afterwards, and they were saying that, you know, Cherry Atkinson, the Wasps fly half, is actually not a bad defensive player. But... You know, Gavin Coombs made him look very ordinary. He just he just ran over him, and it's it's not even the the power. Of course, that's that's huge, but it's also his his little shift of footwork right before he makes contact with players makes it really difficult for them to, to tackle him. And I know people have likened him to CJ Stander, but for me, he offers something a little bit different. He has the ability to throw those little tip passes, to make those offloads, to sit defenders down and to be able to move the ball at the back. And um, so, yeah, look, I think you're right. It's going to be incredibly difficult to get him into that back row at the moment. But I think he's just got to keep performing week in, week out at the level. And at the level he's at now, but go again, if that makes any sense. What, what I still he think ne- he's on the tra- tra- trajectory of going high. What does he need to do to, to make it difficult for Andy Farrell to leave him out of the team? Well, he, for, his, for his own point of view, Jack Conan has to drop his level, which we've seen incredible performances from him. But to get an opportunity maybe against Italy or to be really pushing closer to get into that starting back row, what does he have to do? What better? He's still a very young player. That's what I was going to say. He's still really young. So you're looking at consistency. So you're you're right. He, he's well, he's flirt. 24. He's not a child, and he's yeah, been... but he's young in terms of his rugby years too, Quinny. And he can you 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 said it earlier on, like he can kind of flirt in and out of games a small bit, and and you don't see Jack Conan. I was good at I was good at that as well. Now, in fairness, I was. <laughs> um, so it's his work rate for me. He's got to continue to. Um, to get better at that. So continue to get back in this big new thing now is back in game, big involvements and not just big carries, but when he makes the tackle, how effective and how fast can he get back into the line of defense and not just get back into the line of defense to stand there, to get back into the line of defense and be effective in the next phase after that. Um, but look, he's learning and I just think that we've got to be patient with him. I do think he's going to have an incredible uh, Irish career. I think you're going to have to, it's going to get to a point where you're going to have to find a place for him in that back row because I just do think that he's going to be too good once he starts reaching that level of consistency week in, week out. Yeah, I think there's uh, there's a lot more to his game and mm-hmm. it's really interesting about the involvements. I think some of the involvements are exceptional and I, I I kind of see a Dennis Leamy stander and a bit of Billy Vunapolo in there with that power and be able to run at people. I would love to see him um, attacking a little bit wider as well and not becoming a battering ram close to breakdowns and just off the scrum because I think he's quick. He's great ability to get his hands through. 
And it's probably learning, even though, as you say, he's, he's 24, he's young in his rugby years, at this level, those involvements, those big moments that Conan and Doris and Van der Fleer have at the moment, um, particularly with the ball in hand. And I, I, I just think he has that ability. And he's someone that I'm sure Andy Farrell, Paul O'Connell, and Paul O'Con- Josh Van der Fleer has spoken openly about how O'Connell has helped him uh, get more confidence to make more carries. And I just think if you nurture someone like Gavin Coombs, I think he can be a big player for Ireland for the next number of years. And and for Munster, of course, big shoes to fill after Stander left. You know, he would come into that back row and play with Stander and Stander would make a lot of breaks and he would profit off them. Now he's the one trying to, to, to do that. I'd love to see him attack wider and, and yeah. run off a 10 or a 12 or be in the wider channels as well because I think he could be devastating, particularly if he runs at back. So, um, yeah, Andy's glasses are understandably a little bit blue-tinted at the moment, but hopefully someone like Gavin Coombs can can catch the eye and, and the next period of time. And uh, it's your choice next week. So we'll try and pick someone for next week. Um, there's a couple of things that you want to pick out that we want to look out for in the, um, ahead, of, ahead of Saturday's trip to Zebra, which we're not sure the teams, we know that the internationals will be away for probably for both sides, whether the Italians will play them or not. I don't think they will. It's a game on paper Munster should win. So what, what would you want and expect from this? Because I think for the listeners, most people would probably say the most obvious thing is to build on the energy and the attack that happened at the weekend. Johan van Graan openly has come out and said in his press um, chat in the last day that he wants to see them build on this performance and try and get that consistency that we hope yeah. to see. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree. I think that's definitely one of my like top three in terms of what we're looking for going forward, not just next week, but you know, over the course of the next few weeks. I definitely think that you're looking at more that kind of more variety in the play. I think we spoke already about that last phase of play for Rory Scannell's try. Like that, you know, more of those starter plays where we're putting teams under pressure. And like Zebra are not having a great season. They've lost every game so far in the URC. and um, and you know, to be able to go after them without their internationals, I think it's a brilliant opportunity. I also think it's now prime position for younger players and, and more players, development players to get runs out in, in these kind of games. So I'd love to see Thomas Ahern get a run. Um, I think he's been really good, but learning a huge amount every game that we've seen him. You know, he's just a colossal figure in terms of, you know, his ball playing ability is so, so good because, you know, he played all his underage at fullback and he plays you know, Gaelic football for underage for Waterford moving up. And so the likes of him and John Hodness, I think, you know, these kind of players, I, I, Shane Daly, like I think Shane Daly is this precocious talent that got into the Irish squad, you know, over the summer and we haven't seen him really much of him since. And is that a case that he feels like that's a ceiling or is it a case that just not getting opportunities? We, we, you know, we have to really push for, he has to start pushing now to nail down spots when the likes of Conway and uh, Earls are gone and it's prime, it's primed for him. So young players like that, I'd love to see get runs out over the next few weeks, but also continuing that consistency between Ben Healy and Jack Crowley. I think that's really important. The spine of the team, Jim Barron, Niall Scannell, obviously injured at the moment. Um, and, you know, who comes in for killer, but then, 
you know, keep the spine of the team that understand that we know have we have the variety to play um, and continue to get better in that execution of the variety of play, if that makes any sense. But then I do think that there's definitely examples where we can bring in young young talent and, and give them as much game time as possible without kind of, you know, without really denting the style of play and, and where they're going at the moment because they've now had three or four games back-to-back where they've had a huge amount of consistency and and they can't lose that now that that can't drop. Um, and the big thing I'd ask you, Quinny, in terms of Casey's gone, Murray's gone, who backs up the nine now? Who who are the nines left? So obviously Neil Cronin's there, Paddy Patterson, Rowan Osborne. Um, are we looking at somebody, Adam Maher, who's in with the Irish 20s? You know, I think that that's going to be a big, you know, area of, con- not concern for Munster, because I think that Neil Cronin is a super player, but I just think an area where strength and depth probably you know, at this stage of the season, when you have two players in one position gone away with Ireland, it's difficult. It's difficult, yeah. yeah. With two internationals away, and Leinster, Leinster yeah. probably have had that um, with Gibson Park and Luke McGrath. Now, Luke McGrath is not in, in the Irish squad, but for Munster having two two scrum halves away, it's a big opportunity for Neil Cronin. I think I do the place, and I think he's well capable of of performing very well. They've you know zebra this weekend, and then in a couple of weeks, it's Edinburgh home to Edinburgh, home to Dragons, and then it's the South African games. I think there's five games there that there's a great opportunity for 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 them. They're not going to play well in all of them. They're not going to win all of them, maybe. Um, they should probably target winning all of them. They're winnable games. I think the South African games, if they go back to South Africa, are going to be very difficult. But for they, themselves as young players, they've got, got to try and find a ruthless edge that and a mental kind of toughness that they're able to get their emotions right. They're going to be really up for every single game. The biggest fear you have for young players is when you have a big performance and things go well, you just drop a little bit and you think, well, it's just going to happen this week. Um, You know, against Zebra, the most important thing I would say, if I was a player there, is we've got to be physically ready for the fight, to win the collisions, win the challenges, be aggressive. And then you can play some rugby because if you're a little bit off and a little bit softer mentally, you get unstuck. I think this would be a great opportunity for these players with, with, with the internationals gone is to create their own little run of games and a little bit of an edge to them. So uh, someone like Alex Kendall and um, John Hodna, Thomas O'Hearn, who you mentioned, the out-half slots, does Jack Crowley, Ben Healy play in the centre? Rory Scannell, you know, would have been quite frustrated um, with Damien Dialende getting selected ahead of him, which, you know, he's world-class, but how is he going to keep playing in the next few weeks? Can he kind of keep building on his performances? And, you know, I'm sure someone like Mike Cayley, who's been really good in the last few weeks, will want to try and catch the eye as well. So... And Chris Farley, Simon Zebo are trying to get back into that Irish... Yeah, and there's, so. there's a lot There's a lot of good players there who who have something, not just for Munster, but maybe a challenge and, and grab the attention of the Irish selector. So I think it's really important that, you know, the, the thing that I think about is in these games, and I experienced lots of them in my own career when, when I trained with Ireland, then you're released back during the week and you've got to go to the Dragons or Edinburgh or somewhere on the weekend what's the mental approach? And I think 
uh, Johan said it, um, they've had some big battles and they've had some challenges in the last few weeks. And this is a chance to kind of build on confidence and, and keep a little bit of continuity going. I think that's that's something that's really important. And they've got to win games. You know, this yeah. will be make a difference towards the end of the of qualify for Europe and be in the knockout stages. I think it's vital. So these are games that that win your leagues and put you in a position to be in knockout. So um, it'll be really interesting to see with all the internationals going on and that distraction, how how they perform and what kind of a ruthless edge they can create and bring. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. I think, I think it's an exciting time too because you know that you're going to be almost guaranteed game time if you're, you know, a young player that's coming into that to that side and um and sometimes but, it's down it's down to attitude as well. Yeah. And really. young players like we all talk about um experience and, and getting experience and learning from stuff. This is a great chance now to have a really strong attitude and a, you know be dogged in the next few weeks and they can develop so much from this and and if they want to shut up the critics like Jack is saying, and fair enough, he's entitled to say it. I think the people on the outside who played for Munster are entitled to give their opinion as well. Um, nobody, um, nobody wants to see Munster going bad. We all want to see him going well. But I think um, there'll be a kind of keen eye now in the next few weeks to see what kind of attitude these players have and and how they perform the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely exciting. Um, and and like as I said, you know. They've got to a style now that they're starting to move the ball a small bit and that's what you want to see. You want to see more of that. Not even more of that, but you want to see them continue on that trend. Okay, well, we're nearly there, but uh, and we're always kind of just checking to see is there any bit of gossip or news. We don't want to, we don't know gossip. We want to try <laughs> and get, get firm facts. But um, I've seen reports a lot again this week that Damien Dialende is going to be joining Johan van Graan and Bath, which is... I don't really, it's, does it matter? You know, him going back to Japan was probably probably more acceptable for people, but him going to bat might kind of frustrate a few people, would they? Disappoint a few people? Yeah, but look, to be fair, I think they signed him on a two-year deal and he's, you know, played very well for Munster when he's been on the pitch for them. I think um, to watch him up close, he's an incredible player. His, um, his work rate's unbelievable. And, Look, I don't think you can. I'm not sure you can be too critical of him in relation to that. I think he's, you know, he's he signed up, and and that's the, na- the nature of professional sport. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd love if he stayed. I'd love if he yeah, was well, staying. Yeah, I'm completely. Not, I, but if he's not uh, going to stay, twenty, I don't think anybody can, you know, be upset or angry about where he's going to go. I think that he's, you know, it's professional sport. You've got to, you know, there's a there's a ruthless edge to it. We you we both know that in terms of, of that top level. And I think that's you know he he's I thought I thought he was incredible as if watching him live. You know, you obviously see him on television and you think okay, he's a really good strong player, but it's the subtle parts of his game that you don't get to see on television that I just blew me away. So yeah look he'd be a big loss I think for for Munster and I think that's Obviously, Rory Scannell, Chris Farrell there, Dan Goggin, but there's definitely a little bit of a lack of strength and depth. So um, you'd like to see Munster, obviously, maybe target um, younger players, you know, to develop them into centres um, or, you know, sign somebody. But I, I, I'd love it, to see there's, Yeah, and it looks, it looks like there's, there's a lot of talk about um, 
Fekato coming yeah. as well. You know, John Ryan could be on the way out. That's something else. Um, okay. Possibly going to Wasps. And we've no news on the coaching ticket yet. Um, hopefully, what I'm hearing is that that they're working behind the scenes and that that's work in progress. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the next few weeks. We've got to leave it there. Much more positive today. Um, and it's nice, genuinely, to be able to talk about positive stuff that this team has done um, and and give them the, the credit for their intent and the way they played at the weekend. People, Some people say Wasps were really poor, but like I said, I was quite fearful about this game because Wasps were brilliant the week before. They are missing a lot of players, but um, certainly much better stuff for Munster. So that's it for this week's episode of the Red 78. We'll be back next week with more thoughts and reaction from the game in Zebra. Uh, in the URC, and, and it'll be your turn next week, Neve, to pick um, the subject of Andy Farrell, Andy Farrell's next uh, case study to watch and keep an eye out. Uh, to make sure you get your podcast straight to your phone every week, just search for the Red 78 wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. And don't forget in touch. Don't forget to get in touch. You can either tweet the Rugby Channel at, at Rugby Channel 15 or else tweet Neve or me um, and with your thoughts and comments. And... Uh, We'll see. We'll try and read out some of them next week. And uh, that's it. Thank you, Neve, And uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks, Quinny. The Monster Rugby Podcast. Red 78 with Adam Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better.